Scrooge, Montgomery Burns, and Lex Luthor. These and many other great antagonists have something in common. They're filthy, stinking rich. Throughout literature, pop culture, and Hollywood, wealth is often linked to villainy. But is there any truth behind the trope? Join us as we dig into a series of studies that examines the behavior of the elite and explores why they act so different than the rest of us. All to get to the bottom of whether we're just jealous or if being rich really does make you into a jerk. That's what you're in for today on In Polite Society. You're listening to Impolite Society with Laura and Rachel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Impolite Society. I'm Laura. I'm Rachel, and you are listening to the podcast for those curious about the topics that you cannot talk about in polite society. Each episode, we take a turn asking each other a rude question. We do a little research. We do a little musing, all to get to the answer to a rude question that we ask each other each week. This week's rude question actually comes from a listener. It's a listener question day. Do 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 do. It's an a listener question. Da 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 da. And these are my favorite kind of questions because they come from my favorite people, our listeners. And you, listener, you can send us a rude question if you have it at rude at impolite society podcast.com or any of the billion social channels that we're all on today. But Rachel. Read this message for us. So today's question comes from our listener, MJ. Hey, ladies. I've been listening since I stumbled upon your show on Reddit. I always learn something and find myself wanting to keep talking about the topic after the episode ends. Psst, MJ. You can keep doing this by telling a friend. Okay, okay. Keep going with the message. Of course, of course, of course. So... I've been waiting and I finally have a question for you. Everyone is talking about AOCs and, you know, do I have to say who that is? Uh, the Cortez, Adri- Adriana? I don't even know. Alexandria. Alexandria. Yeah, yeah, the freshman, politic lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freshman house representative from New York. Anyways, AOC's dress at the Met Gala, which if you haven't seen it, it said tax the rich on it. So, back to MJ's message. Seeing that and after everything that has come over the last year, I got to thinking. Does being rich make you a bad person? MJ, money is a funny thing. We love it. We hate it. We need it. And it makes a fucking world go round. And when you see stuff like the Met Gala with a $35,000 ticket price, I get it, MJ. I wonder the same thing. It really makes you hate money even more than you did before. And with that kind of price tag, you might as well put a sign outside that says, no pores allowed. (laughs) As this stuff comes through the news and I I see all this bullshit, I start thinking about that sign that Rachel's always talking about that she passes on her way to work. Eat the rich. Yeah, it's spray painted on an overpass and it had a little piggy next to it. Oink, oink. <laughs> but I have sad news. The graffiti has been removed. Aww. Unfortunately. It will live forever in our hearts. While the little piggy continues no more, we carry that message deep within us. <laughs> and we know that one day we will eat the rich. But this is something that's not only popping up on overpasses. 
It's all over social media. It's all over the internet. You can't even go on TikTok without something relating what's happening today to the French Revolution and drawing on similarities based on astrological science because <laughs> Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not it's not really a taboo topic nowadays. It's really popular to hate the rich. But despite that class warfare bullshit that we've got going on, we we talk this big game, but we all want it. I think that that's the real taboo here is that we want to be at the Met Gala. We have the nice cars and the fancy clothes and the beachside property and all this. We want to be the elites even as we want to chop their heads off. <laughs> we hate them because we ain't them is what you could say. It goes back to when we're toddlers when our little friend has the toy that we want to play with. We cry. We stomp. We go over there. We pull it out of their hands if we can but this makes me think why why do we want to be them so badly from my interactions with really rich people they're pretty freaking rotten (laughs) i remember when i was in my late teens i worked for mercedes-benz at their call center and i had worked in a lot of call centers and these people at mercedes-benz were by far the absolute worst customers that i had ever dealt with hands down i remember really clearly sitting in my stupid little cubicle there at Mercedes-Benz and taking calls and thinking to myself, if this is what it means to be rich, I don't want to be rich. What was the worst thing somebody at that call center ever said to you? Uh, It wasn't a specific line. There was a lawyer from New York who seriously was fucking with me for over an hour. He would submit a payment and I had this whole spiel about how this payment is unreversible and da 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 Do you give me your permission to move forward? And he would say yes. And I'd be like, okay, your payment is submitted. And he'd be like, no, let's undo it. This went on for an hour where he was also degrading me, saying, oh, but I don't expect you to understand. You know, you're working at a call center. You're probably a single mom with three kids and da 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 Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. It was so bad. Well, you should say, no, I'm a college student, but at least I'm not a balding guy with an enlarged prostate. Yeah, I got off that phone call and I jumped up from my desk. I took my headset off my head and I threw it into my cubicle and screamed, fuck, and walked off the floor. Like I just couldn't handle it at that moment. Oh, I'll never forget that guy. I'm sure he's dead by now. I feel like he was an older man. He was a lawyer in New York. I remember that. If time didn't get him, I'm sure COVID. Or I'm sure his enlarged prostate and black, black heart got to him by now. (laughs) And all of this just goes to MJ's question, the rude question of the day, which is, does money really make people assholes? Are rich people just fucking jerks? And I am just so excited to find out based on research. What does the research say on the topic? And we will find out what the research has to say about this after this short break. All right. On the research front, we're in luck. Because there is a ton of research out there about how wealth affects personality. That's how you know that there's a bunch of salty poor people. They're like, <laughs> I know that these rich folks are assholes. I just I just need a peer-reviewed study to prove it. 
It is just as I suspected as I was in my late teens, just a little baby sitting there in that call center dealing with these assholes. They know that there is a clear correlation between money and being a fucking jerk. So those scientists, they got to work in and they delivered. In 2009, there was a study done on how people in higher socioeconomic status acted during interactions with a stranger. These scientists, they studied small talks, basically. They looked at how everyone in the interaction was behaving, looking at their nonverbal cues of engagement and disengagement. What they found was that people in the higher socioeconomic status, they displayed less cues of engagement. So these are the things like head nodding and laughing, a lot of eye contact, and they displayed more signs of disengagement, avoiding eye contact, doodling on cocktail napkins and paper and things like that when they were having these small talks with strangers. What was also interesting was that they found that observers, people who had no idea what this study was about, they could always tell who was the rich person in these conversations. See, all this time, I wondered deep down if I was autistic, but apparently I'm just rich. <laughs> I just, my distaste for small talk, my inability to make eye contact with people when they're talking to me, that's just a sign that I'm destined to be the next oracle of Omaha over here. <laughs> I'm the mystic of Missouri. I hate small talk too. I totally get it. And just... Kudos to us. We are one step closer to being at the next year's Met Gala. We have this on lockdown because people know it when they see it. And this is also a good social tip, guys. If you want to be seen as rich and getting that gold digger to come home with you from the party, you just start ignoring people and doodling on your cocktail napkin. And and you're you're in it to win it. You're going to be the next up. And this also explains a lot about my high school experience where people thought I was a little stuck up bitch when I actually, (laughs) I felt like I was just shy, but I was really quiet. I think we can pick up on people who we uh, are assuming are not engaged, they're not active in the conversation. We think that they think that they're better than us. Yeah. And I think that that is very easy to pick up on because like, I'm sure you experience as a call center person where somebody thinks that they know more than you or smarter than you or are better than you. It, it's not a mystery. Humans are social creatures and we can pick up on these things 100%. And Psychologists, they cannot get enough of this shit because Paul Piff, he is a professor of psychology studies at UC Berkeley. He did a boatload of experiments in 2012. And I think this is interesting that there are so many of these studies done by psychologists on the rich because you know most of these psychologists come from rich families or at least higher than average income, right? Nah, I think Paul just, this all stems from how he got rejected from that one preppy frat during Rush. (laughs) And he's just like, I know these guys are assholes. I just need to get a journal to put it down. But also, like psychologists, if you're working in academia, you're probably not that well off. So are they they shitting on themselves or are they shitting on the the people they want to be? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I always think of somebody with a PhD as being like bougie, but... 
I mean, maybe not. I wouldn't say, for softer sciences, you get into a lot of debt to be there. But this research, now that is paid for by someone. So whether or not they know it, it might be paid for by rich people who are then paying for studies to point out that they're jerks. Or Phil, damn it, Paul, (laughs) he might just be the Obama of research fundraising, right? The most... I don't get it. Oh, I thought I might have to explain this one because it was so obscure. But Obama was known for getting a lot of small donations. So maybe all of us poor people are chipping in to Paul's studies to uh, <laughs> to expose the rich. The expose. He funds his studies $15 at a time. <laughs> well, he certainly had a lot of studies because Paul Piff and his colleagues, they set up seven different experiments. Jesus, uh, Paul <laughs> Prolif Piff. <laughs> and all these different experiments were to show how rich people think and behave differently than the rest of us peons. In two of these experiments, they did it in the natural world. They they put on their best David Attenborough impressions, and they went out to study Los Angeles traffic. <laughs> they watched a, a four-way intersection, and they investigated who was most likely to cut people off at this four-way stop. They used the vehicle's condition, so the model, make, age, how good it looked, to determine who was more likely to be affluent or upper class drivers. And I think that sounds right. Generally, what car you drive says a lot about you. There are people who are massively in debt driving nice cars, but I still think the idea applies here. I'm from St. Louis, and I think the most strongest trait you can discern from somebody's car is just their likelihood of being carjacked. (laughs) That's how things happen in the streets of St. Louis. I mean, I think more the outliers where I think of the millionaires next door versus especially in L.A. where everything's so image-driven that people might be leasing those cars. They all lease those cars. I can tell you from my time in Mercedes, they all lease those. For the rich, rich, is this that effective? Because they all have drivers, right? Well, we'll get into the categories of where we consider to be rich, rich versus upper class and and all that kind of stuff gets a little bit more difficult than that but on the study when they were looking at this they accounted for sex of the driver the perceived age the time of day all these things can affect traffic patterns right and they crunched all these numbers and what they found was that the highest status individuals or rather the highest status cars were 50 percent more likely to cut people off and in another very similar study that they did which was a pedestrian these cars were 50% less likely to break for pedestrians. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everybody should be breaking for pedestrians. Pedestrians' rights. They always have the right of way. And, I mean, this just throws back to road rage, right? I mean, if you were there, Rachel, you think you'd tail them all the way back, flash, flash your brights at them? It literally kills me inside when people think that their time is more important than mine and people, like, go down the left-hand turn lane and try to cut back into traffic. I almost got in a fender bender. True story. I almost <laughs> got in a fender bender just yesterday. Like, I was very close to hitting somebody because I turned my head and took my eyes off the traffic to say, 
no <laughs> to somebody who was trying to cut into my lane after sitting in the left-hand turn lane. I was like, no. And then almost ran into someone. <laughs> and then I turned my head and I was like, Argh! And then the person behind me, and whenever somebody lets somebody over that does that, and I'm just like, we're the good people. We're the ones that are in line. Hold the ranks. Hold the line. Hold the line. <laughs> but this homie who did the I said no to eventually got over behind me and then went from the left-hand turn lane into the right lane to make a right. And I was like, that's a very abrupt change in plans. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had wherever he had to go, he wasn't sure where it was, but he had to get there in a hurry. Yeah. These people. And in another one of these seven experiments that Paul did, And this one is my favorite. They had participants play a game of chance on the computer. And it was a really simple dice rolling game. The researchers told the participants that if they scored higher than a 12, they would get a cash prize. But those tricky researchers, they rigged the game. The computer would only spit out a total of 12. So anyone that reported higher than that was obviously cheating. Mm. What they found was that the people who made the highest amount of money, $150,000, $200,000 a year, were four times as likely to cheat as those at the bottom of the income bracket. Players got to play. Again, I'm learning about myself that I was destined to be rich because I am... A cheater. <laughs> notorious on family game nights for, for stacking the tech. Don't even play apples to apples with me. I will have 25 cards in my hand and I will hide them up my sleeve, under my leg. Damn, Rachel. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe you are. You're 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 hoarding in on all of these. But here's the thing is I don't have the bank account to back it up. I will cheat every day till Friday and I will not feel bad about it when it comes to board games cuz it's it's not real. I guess maybe I would cheat in real No, I wouldn't cheat in real life. Oh, we'll see that. It's a slippery slope. Ah, You know me. We also learned in the Road Rage episode, I'm a rule follower. Yeah. Except when it comes to board games. games. Because that's for fun. And you know what's fun? Winning. (laughs) Cheating. (laughs) So Paul and company, they did another study. Again, because seven of these wasn't enough. This is is one on top of the seven. Gotta love academics. Paul is busy. He's got it out for these rich people, man. Who hurt you, Paul? (laughs) Who hurt you indeed? Who cheated at a game with you? Who cheated you? (laughs) He had more than 200 college students participate in an experiment. And what happened was that they had pairs that didn't know each other played Monopoly. And at the start of the game, there was a coin toss. Whoever won this coin toss, they hit the Monopoly mother load. They started with two times more money than their opponent. They got double the amount of money when they passed go. And they had two dice to roll instead of their opponent who had won. And hidden cameras watched the people play the game. And big shocker, the charmed ones, the ones who won the coin toss, they always won the game. And at the end, the researchers asked the winning players, how did you do it? How did you win? And these winners responded with how well they had played a game, how they were able to make the smarter moves to dominate the board. Not that they had started the game with two times the amount of money, two times the collection, and two times the number of dice. 
Well, my daddy says that it's not about your privilege. It's about what you do with it. Yeah, but no, I really feel bad for the people who had that advantage and still fucking lost. (laughs) Honestly, as much as I pretend to be a rich person, that would still be my lot in life. Money can't fix stupid. That's for sure. (laughs) Money can't fix stupid, but it can really help you win a game of Monopoly, apparently. You don't have to be super, super smart to win with that advantage. Exactly. But they did not credit their advantage with that. They credited how smart they are and how they won was because of their amazing smarts. Give me a seat on Shark Tank right now. I <laughs> yes. Put me on. I'm a fucking titan of industry. And what these studies all start to show is that as people start moving on up, Moving on up, moving on up to, to the, the east side. side. I finally... I'm sorry, I just love that song. Do you like it because it talks about pie? Because I do. Well, yes. And it's just catchy. So as they start moving on up in social class and wealth, their feelings of empathy and compassion start to go down, while their sense of entitlement and self-interest Go up. And this is through multiple personality tests that we didn't cover in our kind of our studies. They've done a lot of different assessments to individuals in different income brackets. And this is what came through in all the personality tests. Well, that is surely damning evidence. It leaves me wondering, why would that be? We all have our theories, but why are rich people just so gosh darn Awful. Paul has some theories for us. Paul Piff. And I think they're all pretty good. Paul Piff. First one is independence. So rich people, they don't have to rely on community to survive the way that some of the rest of us do. If you have never had to rely on the kindness of strangers to get by, it's easy to see how you would always put your own self-interest first. You don't have to build any goodwill in the community for any possible future calamity. You know that whatever comes along, you'll be able to handle it. The devil's avocado in me says that maybe that's not mm-hmm. a bad thing, but that's just self-reliance, you know? They're not they're not mooching off other people. They know that they can handle anything that comes their way, and they've maybe built that themselves. Well, I think that all goes back to the first study about how the wealthier are more disengaged with other individuals. So it is a good thing, I think, to be self-reliant and not have to rely on other people. But it's also advantageous as humans being social creatures to build a sense of community that's better for us on the whole. And honestly, probably leads to more happiness and more sense of belonging in individuals, which no matter how much money you have, doesn't buy happiness or sense of belonging. But they opt out of all this because they're like, no, I got it covered. Oh, I don't think that rich people are always aloof and shut down. I think that they can also tell when they're with their peers versus people they deem not their peers. And you best believe that when you get to the country club, they are fucking living it up. They are engaged. They aren't doodling on napkins when you're talking to... The Rockefellers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every rich person, there's somebody richer. So I think they're, they're still out there trying to get those reciprocal benefits. If, depending on the audience. I uh, absolutely agree. And that goes to another one. Isolation. So 
wealthy people are not only independent from the community, they are also isolated from us poors, right? They don't have to interact with anyone that they don't like or are different than them in terms of social class. They all go to the same schools. They go to those same country clubs and they build those big houses that are far away from neighbors. So they don't have to poop in the office toilets. They don't have to ride share on Uber or even do their own damn grocery shopping. So (laughs) they are taken away from the rest of society and can choose only to mingle amongst themselves, amongst their peers. And so then they treat everyone else like they're not worthy of their time. And this feels like a big jump from one of the studies that we were looking at that was Comparing people who make one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand, like those people are still probably doing their own grocery shopping. I don't know. Are they anymore? Instacart? Yeah, I don't know on that yeah. one. I heard it gets tricky. It gets tricky because as I was reading this research, I'm like, oh geez, <laughs> where do I fall in this? <laughs> Thinking about my own sins, you know, I don't consider myself to be an uber wealthy individual by any means. But I also was picking up on some of these things that I'm like, ooh, how many of us middle class, upper middle class individuals might lump into some of these negative characteristics? Oh, I have to poop on an office toilet. (laughs) True, true. I do too. No, you don't. Miss work from home. Call me fucking Ava Perone of my generation because I work in retail now and I am of the people. I've worked in retail during the pandemic, and I know I'm there shitting on the corporate toilet while you guys are all freewheeling at home in your sweatpants. Yep, never wear. I haven't worn a real bra at work in so long. And you know what I hear coming out of your mouth when you say that? <laughs> I cut people off in traffic. I cheat at Monopoly. I <laughs> Shut your rich mouth, Laura, and let's get back to the research. And another thing uh, under the isolation tab is that they can also surround themselves with yes men, especially if they pay their salary. And I think you see this a lot in the yes men mentality or just this doesn't have to do with wealth, but just generally like power. You know, if you're higher up, you're just going to surround yourself with people who say yes because they have to. And that leads to that sense of um, inflated ego, which goes to our next theory about why these individuals act the way that they do ego so paul and a bunch of these other studies showed that the rich were more likely to think of themselves as exceptional and display narcissistic personality traits in personality assessments and a trademark of narcissists is that they don't feel that the rules apply to them. And that is why they feel like they can cut people off in traffic, that they cannot let those pedestrians walk across, that why they can cheat at Monopoly when everyone else is supposed to play by the rules. Is this a repercussion of having the money or is it a a kind of a side effect of the socialization that comes with it, whether that's from your parents telling you that we're a good family Mm -hmm. and that kind of puts you in that mindset or is it from people being like, oh, you're rich. I will serve you. You must be somebody of importance. Yes, and that goes to the last point or the last theory about why they behave this way which is consequences. So rich individuals, they can weather the consequences of their actions, illegal or unethical actions, 
way more easily than the rest of us. So if that BMW guy that cut people off in traffic and wouldn't let a pedestrian cross, if they got a ticket for not yielding to the pedestrian, it's not going to put a strain on his finances. What's $100 to that guy? So he's not as willing to break at that four-way stop or let that pedestrian go because he knows if he breaks the rules, he doesn't have to worry about it. That's if he has to pay anything at all. He might just roll down that window when the cop comes over and be like, my daddy, do you know who my daddy is? Yeah. You know, and that can shut it down there. But again, I feel like I devil's avocado. Mm-hmm. I can't be here and not offer mm-hmm. up the counterpoint, mm-hmm. point, counterpoint. But I also feel that at the flip side, when you have that person in the junker car. The beater. In the old beater car. I don't think they always care about the fines either i i think that when you get on opposite ends of the spectrum you have a similar disregard for consequences whether that's because they can handle them and they know they come out smelling like roses or it's because they got nothing to lose well i think that the the study and the results of the study would beg to differ the link is in the show notes when you look at the graph so looking at like the how they categorize the cars low Upper, low, mid, upper, you know what I mean? And five was the highest across the board. There was no U-shape. It was just a straight up line in terms of who was willing to violate those traffic laws. Which I I don't know. My Maybe they don't live in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. And do you know who's blowing through the red lights and going into the left-hand turn lane to get around you at a red light? It's not the Teslas. It's the cars with the year old expired temp tags you mean yours (laughs) mine aren't temporary they're real i have paid taxes at least once okay so this has all been super doom and gloom so far but i've got some good news for you there were more studies (laughs) i know this is a lot, and you could just, this is, uh, this is like giving off major surf energy that we are that obsessed. But these studies are not as bleak. So they did, Paul. Wait, can I make a donation to Paul for him to like take a break? <laughs> I would wager my rich person money that Paul is literally working on like five more studies at this second. <laughs> he is up right now, firing off emails. Computing data. Submitting articles for a peer review. Paul, more power to you. Hats off. So Paul and his buddies, they did two more studies to see if he could combat the unsavory personality traits of the rich. In this first study, participants were shown a short video clip about childhood poverty. And this was really short. It was like 45 seconds long, not even the length of one of our TikToks, okay? And an hour after this video was shown, the viewers were asked if they would like to donate time or money to some local community cause. After viewing that video that stirred up a lot of feelings of empathy and compassion, if you've seen any of those United Way videos that like corporate America does, oh, those those will get the tears going. Or the, in the arms of the angels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very easily (laughs) manipulated by multimedia songs and sad images. 
I, I can feel it happening as I'm watching videos on TikTok, and I'm like, I don't want to care about this, but I'm still crying. Yeah, I hear that. Pull the strings, and the puppet will dance. <laughs> so after viewing those kind of short videos, these rich individuals were just as likely to volunteer their time or money as their poor counterparts. In the control groups that were not shown this video, they were less likely. So the moral here is that exposing the rich to the plight of others helped them to be more generous with their time and their money. So that throws back to that isolation thing, that they don't do it because they're just not exposed to it. But if you expose them to it, they're more likely to to come down to the level of the rest of us. Yeah, break down the walls of their ivory tower and mm-hmm. say, this is the filth that we're living in. Come experience it. Shit on the <laughs> office toilet and just feel the the sweat and the pubes from all of your office mates <laughs> on the back of your thigh. In the second study, Paul asked these wealthy participants to list just write down off the top of your head three benefits of treating people as equals. Just just a, just think just about three. it. I mean, just think about it. And, Wait, Laura, what's three benefits of treating people as equals? Not being a shithead. Not being a shithead. Not being a shithead. Done. I, that sounds like one. <laughs> a short time after this little pop quiz, they took a personality assessment. And when the results came back, their levels of entitlement were almost lowered to the level of us regular people. So after seeing the video and taking a personality test, then... No, after being... Just think about equality and then take a personality test. Then those levels of narcissism and entitlement came down down to almost the level of us regular people. Okay, okay. So I just took a personality test... Mm -hmm. And turns out I'm 100%. Bad bitch. A rich bitch. (laughs) Paul summarized that, quote, These results suggest that class differences in narcissism are not fixed, but rather sensitive to changes in social values. Saying, basically, once you break down those ivory tower walls, like Rachel said, you're able to reach individuals and be a normal human. But we need to make these social changes or social value changes that enable them to see the rest of the world outside of their very focused lens. And that's why truly God's work is being done through the network reality TV show Undercover Boss. (laughs) I haven't watched it. It's exactly what happens. We remove them from their ivory tower. We get them in the mix of things. And then all of a sudden, they're giving a bunch of money to somebody with cancer. That's how it works. That's how there you go. charity yeah. works. They captured it. I thought it. you would love it. It's like dirty jobs, but instead of a hot guy doing dirty jobs every week, it's a kind of chubby, slightly balding, no. enlarged prostate, no. white guy. No. All of a sudden on the front lines being like, my soft, fleshy hands. I can't operate the buttons and the machinery. He's like, you have to wake up and be at work at exactly 5 a.m. every day without somebody to make you breakfast? What? 
But when do you have time to read Meetings Monthly? Jack Donaghy always makes time to read Meetings Monthly. And we're going to give you time to go make sure you're subscribed to Meetings Monthly so that you can again learn how to be the most detached from your social interactions and the top tips for cheating at Monopoly. And when we come back, we are going to get to the musing section about all these rich motherfuckers. My Sunday afternoon squash game with the Senators Derby Philly to come back and do some musings here with my good friend Laura. Let's get let's get into the musings. I don't know what happened to my friend Rachel. We seem to have checked out uh, this podcast. Oh, she has tapped out. This is your rich person correspondent, Muffy Saint Tainterton. <laughs> Here to talk about what it's really like to be a rich person. Well, and COVID has shown us what it is like to be a rich person. And valuable insights from Muffy St. Tainterton. <laughs> COVID this year, if, if you don't know, if you haven't checked data from the Fed or from any of your local uh, news sources, it has made the rich richer than ever. It, it is the gap is widening. So we've seen a lot of this at play this year. I've heard a ton of stories about politicians and other media personalities and you know public figures that are acting terribly. Politicians are forcing people to stay indoors while they get to go to their hair appointments and go to the gym. There's senators that are heading off to vacation while their states are out of power and out of water. People are laying down mask mandates, but they're going to these grand parties without any mask that's in sight. I think this is a really weird time, but in a weird way, maybe a good time that we can kind of all open our eyes to this and really see, again, how rich people can be such fucking assholes and that we should stop idolizing them so damn much. As you read those situations out the thing that came to my mind was the let them eat cake we will be doing our own thing and let let everybody else figure it out or let them if they can't eat give them like let them eat cake and i think that we are definitely just fucking rocketing towards a tipping point Mm -hmm. it's not in rich people's best interest to just ignore the situation because you know what people do when they get unhappy the guillotine comes out and heads start rolling and i've seen the tiktoks that say that we are Uh at the same wealth divide as when the french revolution happened it's rough times but thinking about it as a wealthy individual so if you're a really rich person in america But you didn't think that you were somehow more deserving. If you didn't think that you were somehow more exceptional. What would that do to your psyche? So if you're somebody with this grand amount of wealth, do you kind of have to put on this layer, you know, of I'm more deserving, I'm smarter, I'm better than average, just so that you can psychologically reckon these things like what would it do to your psyche if you actually thought that you were no better than anybody else and in this windfall that you were able to get this but of course you're still going to keep it because people don't just give their money away so I guess what I'm trying to say is is this 
asshole behavior, some kind of way to protect their sense of self and protect their ego. I think it's even more simpler than that. I think that it's about finding people with similar experiences and then it's kind of the us versus them. You know, we looked at all of those pieces of why rich people might be a little bit more prone to being jerks. But then at the same time, we're literally devoting countless hours of our lives to making content that is saying that they're bad people and there's also people in the world who would look at us in our lifestyle and say that we're the problem yeah yeah and it's just all about finding people who are in the same walk of life as you and rich people everything that we've said here they could probably say equally as bad things about us you know talk about our our health or mm-hmm. our consumption or how we spend mm-hmm. money on things mm-hmm. to make us feel good even though we're letting other bills pile up in another way but that's just because we have to buy some fucking distraction from working 40 hours a week jeff bezos <laughs> or actually his employees work 70 hours a week jeffrey <laughs> But yeah, they're probably sitting in their country clubs, Muffy St. Tainterton, and her friends are joking about us and the things that we do, just like we're sitting here making fun of them, just like people on the opposite end are like, those city folks over there in the big city of St. Louis, they're out here ruin, trying to ruin our state of Missouri. Yeah. I don't think it's so much an issue that's reserved for the rich, but I think that their population size is probably just a hair smaller. Than us uh, middle class. So they're going to lose is what you're saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, we just got to get there before Elon Musk figures out how to make like. Robots. Yeah, soldier robots. <laughs> and I think we'll be, we'll be A+. Plus. Another thing to think about is the eternal question. Correlation or causation? So does wealth cause this behavior Or does being willing to engage in this behavior make you rich? So like you said, Rachel, with your game of apples to apples, (laughs) you know, is that the behavior that you have to assume in order to win? Or is that the behavior that you fall into after you win? Well, if we're going to use my apples to apples analogy, that's simply – Simply because I'm trying to create fun for everyone and the world is more fun when I have more options. I can make better jokes, right? (laughs) And also, I'm not good at, like, I'm not notorious for winning apples to apples because people be unpredictable. And my sense of humor apparently is not transferable to everyone. Who would have thought? Side note, we really need to play apples to apples because it's a fun game to play. It is. It is a good game to play. I like Cards Against Humanity. It's pretty fun, too. That's kind of more up my, like, dark humor oh yeah yeah yeah. oh i've got a gr- i had a great party game we gotta play anyway go ahead i think that there are some causation that maybe getting ahead winning at all costs that probably leads to, leads to being rich but i think the perpetuating differences between the classes comes from correlation i think it has more to do with just surrounding yourself with people who are like you and that kind of leading to these differences because if somebody who was really rich was talking to us we probably wouldn't be socially engaged either we'd be like oh whatever yeah oh cry your privileged tears when you talk about (laughs) how your daddy didn't buy you the right car or the right watch and i'm not even gonna try to name brands because 
I don't know the rich people brands. I I know the middle class affluent brands. I don't know the Rolex, Tesla, Tesla. I just said Tesla. That shows shows what I know. Tesla, like Cartier. I think that's a rich purple person brand. So how do we balance all this? This was another interesting question that came up as I was reading through Paul's research. Is that how do you balance this? need for self-interest in order to get ahead and the needs of others because there are times when you do need to choose self like these rich people do in order to get ahead there are other times when it's best to choose the needs of the other or the community how do we decide when this is okay and when it's not okay to break the rules or bend the rules for your own personal success I mean, my personal line in the sand would be about inflicting pain on other people or taking something from other people. Hurt, yeah. I mean, not even just hurt, right? But, like, I am not going to sit in a meeting at work and take credit for somebody else's idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're literally, yeah, taking something away from someone else. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that, that my personal line, you know, I might... I might exaggerate my own um, amount of work, you know, or my own level of effort, but I would never take someone else's level of effort and take their credit. So, yeah, it's it's this sense of I might inflate my own importance, but I would never try to take that away from somebody else. But then when it comes to these kinds of like bureaucratic rules or – laws that don't hurt anybody (laughs) maybe i'm willing to bend it a little bit and this is a hard thing to answer well what's an example of one of those rules or laws that you would bend well like i said i mean i i i don't want you to hate me forever but i have merged in from that left lane (laughs) yeah i know she's gonna hate me you should see her face right now guys i have done it i have it's not my proudest moment but i have done it and I don't know that I have a defense for it, but I've done it. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm just saying that it, it is, it's a tricky line to balance between how you can get ahead in a pack while also not being a total fucking asshole. It's, it's a, it can be difficult. Yeah. There's no smooth answer for it. I think truly that the best way to do that without being a asshole is then to then come in and try to manipulate everybody under the surface and then try to get everybody to do your bidding that way. But then that also sets off red flags and kind of... Machiavellianism, yeah. Is another whole episode about people who... Manipulate. Yeah, are, are manipulative. Yeah, it, it's a hard thing to think about. And, and I guess I wanted to throw that in there to kind of make us all... Be a little bit more empathetic, I guess, question mark. <laughs> like, it, it is hard. How do you balance these things? We're all trying to do the best we can. Am I thinking that these uber rich people with highly narcissistic tendencies are doing the best they can? Yeah, probably. They probably are doing the best they can. Still not good enough. But it, it's just a tricky thing to navigate. Well, I think that comes down to the, what spectrum are you looking at? Like, yeah. Jeff Bezos can relate to us as well as we can relate to somebody who has literally never had more than $200 to their name at a time, right? You know, like, and then 
empathy comes from being able to connect or put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And if we've never been in that situation, it's really hard to. You have to be a really special person to empathize with somebody who you never even remotely come into that experience with. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, I can understand it's hard to not know where your next meal is coming from, Mm -hmm. but I personally have never been in that situation, so I can't fully understand what it's like. And the same way that Jeff Bezos is like, yeah, I can literally do anything I want at any given moment. He can't understand our situation. Even though he came from it, he wasn't rich when he was born. Mm -hmm. But just like that's kind of, it's such a divider, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's such a divider that it makes it, it separates us by so much that it makes that empathy hard. And especially when you make it abstract too, right? Like if you showed me somebody, like the video that our friend Paul Mm -hmm. was working for his research, if you showed somebody who's starving in front of you, like I'd give them anything off of me, like anything I had. But when you're saying, oh, there's people who are starving, it's a lot harder to then pony up. So it's just, we're all very removed from each other. And we have these layers of comfort, of disconnection that separate us from people who are at varying levels. Because to some people, you and I are Jeff Bezos, right? We have a a level of comfort Mm -hmm. that they will never achieve in their life. It's it's wild. These are all things that I've come to see like firsthand in my time in retail as mm-hmm. as one of the people as a as as a common person. <laughs> yeah, and and so I I'm picking up the strings of what you're saying here and the, of what I was saying, and that is, don't roll out the guillotine just yet. <laughs> And kind of back to the root question, are rich people jerks? Yeah, the studies would suggest, yes, yes, they are. Or at least more likely than the general population. But we're all so removed from one another and maybe we just need to find the way to connect us all. And you're going to find assholes in any demographic. But the data doesn't lie. The rich are more likely to be turds. And those assholes calling you at the call center, they're not your imagination. So I'm trying to say is instead of wishing that we could all live this lifestyle, the rich and the famous, we should look at this and realize that wealth does come with a lot of baggage. It can make you an asshole and there's a lot of tough psychological choices and things that we have to look at. We should keep calling them on their shit, keep calling them on that Met Gala bullshit and not idolize their lives so much and just recognize maybe it's not so fucking great and this is how laura becomes a communist is it (laughs) tax the rich i mean that's a a deeper conversation i mean what about a flat tax rate across the board everyone gets a flat tax rate with without loopholes yes i think i yes oh man without loopholes preach sister preach does that make me a communist no loopholes (laughs) no you were just talking about let's look at the rich people and then cut their heads off but at the end i said let's not oh let's let's let have the heads roll man no that's what i said don't roll out the guillotine just yet oh i thought you said roll out the guillotine no i said don't roll out the guillotine don't worry i'll edit the don't out (laughs) Laura's like, "Mm, Jeff Bezos. All right. 
I think this wraps it up for this episode of Impolite Society, a rich people jerks. Yeah, we really dug into this one, and we other, apparently there's a lot of research around it. So, and it it came from reputable sources. So, thank you, Paul, and all of your wealthy donors who are funding your research. <laughs> and check us out on the socials, TikTok, Instagram is where we're most active, but we're on the gamut. Uh, always send us an email. Uh, at rude at impolitesocietypodcast.com to get your question featured. And most importantly, guys, tell your friends. If you're listening to this podcast, I have a secret. A secret. I, it was not because I've been drinking, but you're special. And I, I think you're fucking great. No, but seriously, if you're here, it's because you like learning. You like thinking critically about the issues that we all face. And you like to have a little fun, right? You're not taking this too seriously. So uh, you're special. And I would bet you have friends that are kind of like you. And if they like listening to podcasts, they might like this podcast too. And check us out in two weeks. Rachel and I, we actually know what our next topic is going to be. It's going to be spooky. (laughs) We're going to do a Halloween episode, guys. Check us out. It's going to be awesome. We have a special surprise for you. And it is going to be released on October 25th. And we are so excited and so looking forward to this episode. And if you want a special sneak peek at what we're going to be doing and where we're going to be doing it. That sounds dirty. (laughs) Make sure to follow our social media because we will be doing a special preview on the night of the 18th when we do some fun stuff on social media to tease the episode. So make sure to follow us before then to get a taste of what we're going to do. And I'm like, this is a dream come true for me. So look out for it. All right, guys. I think I hear the drums coming through. Yes, or is it the viciously swiping of credit cards of the rich people? Or the it's the counting of the money Well, I think that's time for us to get out of here before uh, the rich people come in and tell us to get back to work. <laughs> Bye! Bye! Yeah. Paul Piff.